This is a homebrew podcast. Welcome to The Kaleidosphere, a Dungeons & Dragons play podcast. I'm your Dungeon Master, Nathan. Joining me are Grant, Zachariah Harros, Cody, Jack Rackman, Pippin, Mordecai. Oh, wait, wait no it's not. <laughs> Moriarty. <laughs> Jonathan. Hudson Swift. And Alex. Clacker Volkson. Join us in our first campaign, To Whom the Sea Belongs. All right, so this is session zero. Uh, Generally, we will be figuring out any audio glitches. Hopefully we did a lot of that pre-recording, but you never know. Hopefully the rest of it, uh, pun intended, will be smooth sailing. Uh, We're going to meet the... Thank you for the courtesy laugh. I have to mark that off my list of the sea-related puns I was going to try to use this episode. (laughs) I'm on board for those. Mm -hmm. Okay. Marking two off. <laughs> I see what you did there. Stop! <laughs> You're using them all. Yeah, we're going to meet the players, we're going to meet the PCs, flesh out the uh, uh, homebrew world a little bit, and uh, share pieces of uh, the PCs' backstories. I don't want to get into all of the dark, juicy secrets that will emerge over the course of the campaign, but at least get kind of familiar with who the player, or who the who the player characters are. Yeah, so in no particular order, let's just introduce ourselves real quick as um, players. Cool, so I'm Nathan. I'm your dungeon master. I've been playing D&D since I was um, very young, back in the days of 3.5, when my dad introduced me to it. So grew up in a family of nerds, became a nerd in my own right myself. Yeah, I love DMing. I enjoy playing characters, but DMing is where I really thrive. Outside of D&D, I like hiking, outdoor stuff, playing the piano, any manner of nerdy board games, and uh, I'm in grad school to write fantasy novels. So that's me. Hi, nice to meet you. Do you have a preferred order for this, or should we just talk? Should we roll initiative? That sounds fun. Let's (laughs) roll initiative. Let's do that. I already went, so everyone else roll initiative just for themselves. Solid 20. Oh. Alex beat you out. Of course. You're gonna do me like that. My luck is always rolling high in initiative. It is. I don't want to. It is. <laughs> it's good. It's good luck. Not for when I'm a halfling ranger. Mm. It'll actually be good for you this time. If you right, keep that I up. know. Yeah. Now it's good. Yeah. So hi, Alex. Nice to meet you. Hi, my name is Alex. I have been playing Dungeons & Dragons for uh, maybe a little bit over four or five years now. I'm a big gamer, lifelong gamer. I started with a Super Nintendo when I was about four or five years old. I think Mega Man was the first game, and I played the crap out of that as well. I uh, do a lot of PC gaming currently, play a lot of Genshin Impact. I also like rollerblading, eating good food, spending time with my cat, just general coziness at home as well. What's your cat's name? Benny. Benny? Mm-hmm. Benny's a very shy cat. Shy. Benny boy. He's getting better. I call him Benifer. Benifer, <laughs> I, I sense a theme in the way that you name things. <laughs> What's <boy>. the theme? <laughs> I don't remember you had a name for Craig, too. Oh. Craigery. 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 Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I just read that if you put that man's brain in a bird, it would fly backward, don't you know? <laughs> I asked my wife for Minnesota insults because she knows a bunch of them. 
I've never heard that one, so I'm stealing that. <laughs> My favorite Minnesota insulto is, oh, it was really nice to meet you. Oh, that's <laughs> interesting. Oh, that's interesting. There you oh. go. Ouch. Or, isn't Bless Your deep. Heart a popular one? That's, that's, a, more that's southern. a southern. Yeah. Oh, is that's it? a okay. big one down south. What about Hoser? <laughs> yeah, Hoser. Isn't that Canada? I've heard that one. I don't know where it's from. It's Canadian. Okay. Hey, we did, thought we were anti-Canada this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's pitter pattern and get at her. Um, <laughs> next in player initiative introduction is Pippin. Hi. Hi. Well, I'm Pippin. I've played D&D for quite a few years. Born and raised a nerd, I learned how to count watching my dad play Super Mario World on the NES, so it's from the beginning. And all my family is nerds, and it's probably just gonna never stop being that way. I think it's an in- you inherit it. Yeah, I don't think it ever should stop. Exactly. Yeah, you know, not much else to know. Cool. Wanna know? Well, There's another happen. Session Zero out there that I talk about myself, too. <laughs> <laughs> Jack, that's Cody, right? Uh, yeah, yeah. Perfect. Hey, I'm Cody. Hi, Cody. I also have been playing uh, D&D since like 3.5 era. Uh, watched it, you know, change over the years into what it is now. Still love it. Still play it all the time. I, I really like uh, video games also, but I think uh, I'm, I really like movies. That's usually where I, I sometimes playing video games feels like a second job sometimes. I get so invested and I'm like, man, I got to wake up and sell my guild stuff, my auction house stuff. And, you know, like it, it just gets to be like so intense. Whereas a movie, I can just sit down. I know it starts and it stops, you know. <laughs> That's totally fair. Like video games are meant to be fun. But when I'm playing Bloons Tower Defense, and yes, I am that kind of gamer. And uh, <laughs> the Bloons all march off of my screen, even though my sniper is fully upgraded. I just get so mad. So it's probably not healthy. <laughs> Yeah, I can get a bit obsessive with games. Yeah. Um, let's see. Next would be Grant. Hi, I'm Grant. Hi, Grant. Hi, how's it going? I apparently am the only one of the crew here who has daddy issues. I got into D&D as an act of rebellion, and I absolutely <laughs> got the shit kicked out of me if I got caught with any demonic books. Like, Anyways, I, I love games also. Uh, which seems to be a theme, which makes sense since we're going to play a game together. I, I I play another game with a couple of these guys called The Homebrew. Maybe you heard of it. If you haven't, then you're not very cool and you should work on that. <laughs> I have four cats, so I think I'm winning. Does anyone beat me in the cat department here? I have four cats. I have a white... Wait. Yeah? Hmm? Alex just throws his finger up like... Oh, no. Just one. Like like one just cat. one. Just one cat. Does anybody beat me? Raises his hand. <laughs> like, I think I, I, I have, might. I have 15 kitties. <laughs> <laughs> it started with two cats, and I've lost a couple bets with my wife over the years. And now we have four, and she's actually working on five. But I... What? I know. But hey. Yeah, I love video games. I love um, I love business. I, I like to get my, I don't know, I, I entrepreneur on the side quite a bit. And it's a lot of fun. Um, that's me. Hi, I'm Grant. Hi, Hi Grant. Hi, Grant. Uh, yeah, definitely listen to The Homebrew if you haven't, because it's a super fun podcast. I'm current <laughs> on uh, your releases, and I like it a lot. We didn't get someone in our initiative order. Yeah, um... Mm-hmm. Jonathan didn't roll in the chat, as far as I can tell. 
but yeah. you can introduce yourself now. That's why y'all didn't see it till now. <laughs> so natural one. It's a great start. Yep. Really excited Get for this. Out of the way. Get yeah. That's right. Yeah. That's right. Only high rolls from here on out. I hope I am Jonathan. I roll natural ones a lot. I think that'll happen quite a few times, but I actually was introduced to Dungeons and Dragons by Nathan, the uh, DM today. Um, the first real game I played, because I think I like messed around with like miniatures and stuff as a kid. But the first game I played was when you and your dad took me to that like conference or like the convention. Yeah, yeah. And yeah, I was like, didn't know what I was doing, embarrassing myself in front of everyone. But yeah. I've hopefully learned a little bit. <laughs> Strategic. That was a fun time. It was. Uh, I've missed it. There's nothing like it in Minnesota. At least, I mean, it could be because of COVID. Maybe things will pop mm-hmm. up again. But yeah. Yeah, you never know what'll happen, hopefully soon. And yeah, so I've been a fan of Dungeons and Dragons since, but I mean, just general fantasy and science fiction, of course, a lot of that. And I love watching basketball, playing basketball, I do love, but I'm not very good. So, you know, forgive me if anyone ever sees me play. (laughs) And um, this campaign is actually perfect because I do, in fact, love pirates. I'm wearing a little pirate strip shirt today. Uh, I'm not wearing all my skull jewelry that I usually wear to make myself feel like a pirate in everyday life, but <laughs> I am looking forward to pretending to drink rum and yeah, all sorts of nautical nonsense. Pretending? I was going to say, it's not <laughs> supposed to be real rum. <laughs> I mean, I have some over here, but I was... <laughs> yeah, this is just a Coca-Cola. <laughs> right, 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 right. No, as long as you are... um cognizant and capable of making decisions that you won't regret in the next session i don't care if you imbibe a little bit well in that case (laughs) (laughs) there you go what we're gonna do now is introduce each of your um player characters just introduce your general like appearance and personality and kind of what you're about in character like first person with your voice and everything would be fantastic but if you don't want to do that that's fine uh let's start with uh, grant hi my name is Grant. Hi, Grant. Uh, I thought I was I'm getting ready to listen to someone else do one, so I could decide how I wanted to do mine. Um, <laughs> so I, I, I'm not going to do first person, just because my character, I think, is a little bit more... I, I'd like to kind of like paint the picture of them kind of floating over their shoulder a little bit rather than through their eyes. But Zachariah Heros is a very private, kind of to begin with. I kind of picture him like a cat where you're not really going to see much of them until they like you, and then they're probably going to be, like, your absolute best friend. You know what I mean? So he he's very private. He wears a cloak and a hood at all times. He has a, a big, brown, burly beard and a skull mask that he wears over his face, so he's usually pretty much completely covered. Um, he has a... I, I, I created kind of a weird moral ethical code for him he is not a bad person he just maybe has a different take on what good and bad things are um and so i would describe him as a little anarchistic and hedonistic and very very inquisitive he's very paranoid of strangers but he absolutely adores like company and debate and kinship with the people that he's he's close with um and he is a wizard and he is a little bit of a reformist. So Nathan has created this massive world. I mean, sent us, gosh, just like 70, 60, 70, 70 pages. pages of backstory. 
which I just, I fell in love with a couple of the concepts in there. And so I built my character as a little bit of a reformist in one of the religions that he has created. Um, I don't want to go ahead and get into it too much because I want to kind of like reveal some as we play, but he is politically interested. He is interested in kind of the church of his home nation. And he wants, he has some very specific goals as far as things he wants to learn. And that's Zachariah Harris, the wizard. Oh, and he has a little raven familiar. And oh, I got to tell you about his pistol. Oh, tell us about it. Yeah, let me tell you all that. Sorry, I'm geeking out. <laughs> Nathan let me homebrew my arcane focus. This is all RP. This doesn't change any of the mechanics or anything. But my arcane focus is a flintlock pistol. So to kind of like fit in with the crews that I have sailed with before and these different trade missions that I've been on, I have a flintlock pistol with my arcane focus like embedded into it. And so I like cast my spells into my arcane focus and then shoot them out of my flintlock pistol like a gun, which I thought was really cool. Nathan's awesome for letting me do it. Um, and I have a super cool uh, bone lantern that um, is my kind of like my special item. <laughs> I think your character and my character might get along pretty well. I'd hope. I'm sure. I plan on being really close friends with you guys. The cat thing, I wasn't joking. Meow. <laughs> 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 Swab my poop deck. <laughs> no! Not close like that. No! <laughs> <laughs> not that close okay i think i think that's what i would want to say from like a top down level is he is a little secretive a little paranoid and he is completely covered like you can't he is he has yeah. the mask and the cloak and the hood and everything you're talking about your narrative not swap my poop deck is what you want to say from a top down level, like, <laughs> man um i'm so happy i came up with that phrase Nathan might not be as patient with your bullshit as I am, <laughs> Mr. Pippin. I'm sorry, I needed clarification, because this whole time I'm just like, did, did you? he mean to say that? Like, right after that? Yeah, I'll take that one. I'll that is that. just, I, well, I, I need clarification. <laughs> no, you, you, yeah, that was good. You win. <laughs> we were talking about swabbing the poop deck. Jonathan's showing us no, his crotch with his camera. I followed. I followed it That's all. Yeah. That's Zachary Harris. I'm excited to play. And there's, uh, I didn't go into his backstory and some other things just because I feel like that's, I talk about him being a little private and a little paranoid. Uh, I feel like that's just appropriate that I would reveal more kind of as we play and as he makes friends. Right. Yeah, that sounds good. Um, no, I appreciate that introduction and the detail that you, uh, the attention that you paid to the world that I've created. Like I wrote those 70 pages mainly like so that i could get a good bearing on the world but um i love like as as little or as much of it as each of you read um based on whatever uh you wanted like if you wanted to be very grounded in the world or if you wanted to kind of learn about it as we go through the campaign both approaches are great so yeah thank you grant for introducing us to zachariah let's hear from uh, uh let's hear from pippin next oh just because i have an outburst no. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to be playing Moriarty, and well, I have to think of what I was going to say. I just saw the cat, and I was like, "Wait!" In my mind. <laughs> oh, there's a cat in the background. There sure is. Which one is that? Is this Yuki? Yeah. <laughs> he doesn't know yeah. the names. No, I just couldn't tell. <laughs> there's so many of them at this point. Uh -huh. <laughs> Soon to be five. That's my favorite one. That's the one I like. 
Oh. <laughs> All right, so I'm Pippin. I'll be playing Moriarty. Moriarty was uh, a war rat. He was a kid who was, you know, a bounded orphan, and he lived on basically stealing things from ships as they entered port. And you know, that's how he grew up, just as basically a street urchin, but on the docks. Until one day, well, uh, stealing provisions, uh, kind of got locked in the, the storehouse, the, the cupboard, the pantry, by accident, and was found like a day later on the ship as there's at sea. And kind of, that's just the beginning of his story. He, unknown person, just uh, until this moment, and he was found by the cook, who ended up raising him for the most part, and taught him how to do the main thing he loves in life, which is fish. And his goal in life is to actually catch every kind of rare fish, because there's supposed to be these super rare fish around the world that are delicious and not a, nobody else has seen. So that's his goal. He wants to catch fish, rare fish, and cook them up. That way he can taste things that not even kings have eaten. So rags to riches is his goal. Rags to As fishes. Rag, <laughs> rags to fishes. <laughs> Yeah, I love it. I'm um, I'm glad you picked that because I was not thinking very much about the aquatic fauna of this world, and that gave that gave me kind of a fun window into exploring some of that. So even in our first like actual session, there will be some of that. So yeah, that's fun. I like. Fun thing about the fish thing is because Cody and I played Sea of Thieves, and he's him and another of our friends always pick on me because like it doesn't matter the game. I always fish. I end up somehow yeah, fishing to like keep give our for food and stuff, whatever. I'm always a fisherman, so it's like oh, he'll well, find I'm doing it in do it. Oh, <laughs> yeah, it's for food or something. It's yeah. for food. You know, we need rep with that people. Yeah. It's not because I like fishing. <laughs> I hate it. You know, why not make it in D and D? All right, and he has that normal. Uh, Moriarty wears that normal piratey garb. You know, open shirt. It's kind of like a. Well, actually, yeah, it's like a. Leather shirt, you know, open chest. He has that bandana holding back his hair because he's this cook. He can't have his hair just down in the food. And then he always has an eye patch on. But it's not because he's blind. It's It alternates because it's for, uh, what, what's the term called? It's so... Pirate night vision. Uh, it's for when you enter and leave, like, uh, dark areas right. to the bright areas so it's you don't get that, like, oh, slightly blinded effect. Mm-hmm. Cool. So, I don't know. Explain that to, to me and the listeners who have no idea what you're talking about. At least the idea behind it is like you keep like the eye patch on, like uh, now I can't even explain it. So when you're on deck, you have uh-huh. the eye patch on, and it's out and sunny and it's bright, and your mm-hmm. eye gets dilated, like small. And then when you're going below deck to go cook real quick, you flip the eye patch over, and you've got one eye that's just used to the darkness. Oh, and you just walk under does that deck. Work? Mm-hmm. I mean, it's an old pirate wives' tale. I don't know. You can do it like when I get up to go to the bathroom in the middle of the night, and I have to like turn on the light in the bathroom. That's what I do. I keep one eye closed, and then that mm, way, like, I can like wow. see my way back to my bedroom. Yeah, I don't know. Right. Trying that. Yeah, maybe That's it's amazing. placebo effect, but the more you know. <laughs> that as long you as just you like believe with people, <laughs> or you're gonna run into something because you have no depth perception. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Which is great, uh, because I chose the background as a uh, fisherman, or the fisher. And one of the things is telling tales and mm. make friends. 
And one of them is, uh, I, I plan on making up a story about, you know, in this fish battle, you know, like losing an eye. And, you know, he has right. both his eyes. It's just a fish, you know, a story. Right. So it's like, just tell a story and then later on come back, you know, the eye patch is on the <laughs> other side. There's the eye that's supposedly gone. <laughs> it's going to be that kind of guy. It's going to be amazing. A little chaotic. Piece of nature. Do you think yeah. if you came back and the eye patch was on a different eye, someone would say, hmm, that seems fishy. <laughs> Ooh, that seems fishy. <laughs> All right, everyone, this has been To Whom the Sea Belongs. <laughs> <laughs> We've used all our puns. Record time. <laughs> I don't know. I think that joke might have sailed over a few heads. <laughs> Weren't for a whale of a time. Man, I feel like I'm losing really hard. <laughs> I'm in my, I'm in I know, my it's not just you, it's the listener. Before before recording, um, I did say that I would hand out inspiration on bad puns. I think that they're going to have to be really, really bad puns for me to hand out inspiration, because there's clearly going to be a lot of puns. Yeah. A lot of competition, um, apparently. Yeah. yeah. There is. It's higher competition. It's it's higher competition than I'm used to. Everyone's usually groaning at me and like I can't get ahead of the game now. <laughs> oh, you should see me in our regular sessions. I am it's, it's going for it. <laughs> I have a few I'm saving in the pocket for now. <clears throat> okay. All right. Well, um, you know, don't don't pull them all out of your pocket now, but Jonathan, go ahead and introduce us to uh Hudson Swift. I I'm Hudson Swift. I've been a sailor as long as I can remember. I have seen all manner of great and terrible things, and I've sailed with a variety of companies and ships, and I have seen a lot, but in order to combat all of that, I also drink a lot um, of rum, and uh, <clears throat> I should get my normal voice for this. I think once you'd see Hudson Swift right now, you'd see his this, like resplendent jacket and like tri-corner hat. He looks kind of magnificent but then if you look at like his shirt and his like pants they're kind of torn and they're just like normal sailor's clothing you kind of realize he maybe had money at some point he doesn't have it anymore or he something like that happened to him but he's clutching this like spyglass he has this one spyglass that he keeps close to him at all times but i think he is um he's a very you know adventuring soul you know as you are in uh, <coughs> dungeons and dragons party i think you kind of have to be but, um, yeah, I think he's got a lot of bad puns, a lot of adventure, and I think he has some pretty high ambitions that he keeps to himself, um, but I think he's wanting to see some change in the world that, um, might go along well with Grant's character. Anarchy? Anarchy. <laughs> <laughs> cool, thank you, Jonathan. Random bit of a D&D th things that I know that I don't need to know. Did you guys know that a spyglass is worth a thousand gold pieces <laughs> in Dungeons and Dragons? I, I didn't know I that did. until now. I did know that. That is not true in the world of Narohan because they're considerably more common here. Supply so, and demand. <laughs> right, 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 right. Oh, bummer. You got my hopes up for a second. Yeah. I'd say, de depending on the quality of the spyglass in this homebrew world, they could go from between 50 to like 200 gold pieces. But nothing, nothing insane. I remember really working over a DM one time getting a spyglass. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you were there for that, Cody. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't think it would ever really be that big of a deal, but then it was. I was like, oh, wow. <laughs> okay. <I can> <laughs> <laughs> That's 
That's the story. I don't remember anymore the story. <laughs> okay. <I was laughs> so waiting. Basically, you're warning Nathan to watch out. Do you remember any more of the story, Cody? Because I feel silly now. Hmm. If memory serves, we had to give a sacrifice to this dragon turtle that required like a big, like a lump sum, basically. And, and I we're like, what do we glass. got? What do we got? And you look over and you just grab this spyglass that the captain had. And you're like, this is easily worth a thousand gold. Hucked it into the wall. <laughs> <laughs> yep. And then the, the, it worked. The dragon it turtle worked. was like, mm, indeed, a thousand gold spyglass. Thank you. <laughs> Nicely done. Um, on that note, let's hear from Alex about your character. I am playing Clacker Volksen. He is a seven foot tall orca folk. He is 55 years old, which is pretty pretty young for orca folk. They live to be, you know, a, a bit older than that, maybe around 150, 200 years, depending. He is a barbarian who he used to be the captain of his own tea trading ship, but now he has retired and he is a tea critic. So he <laughs> enjoys traveling to different towns, different cities, raiding their teas. He's very critical of the tea, so don't expect mm. kind words from him unless it is darn good tea because he will he will have some words for you if it's not or maybe not you know he's of a noble background so he could just keep it to himself a little bit but he is very much about respect as well he respects all the people around him and he also expects respect back being a noble person the one type of people he does not respect however are much like orcas he does not respect seal folk very much he doesn't really you know, he won't go out of his way to be rude to them, but he's also not going to go out of his way to be nice to them. If he sees a seal folk drowning in the water, he's going to let it happen. <laughs> that's, just, that's just how he is as a person, you know? Orcas don't really like seals. They kind of bully them, and much to the same, that's how Clacker's going to go about it, too. <laughs> I mean, uh, in all fairness, go. if the seal folk's drowning, it's probably their own fault. Like, right. I was thinking <laughs> that, too. Like, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. Bully them. If you can drown as a seal, I don't know, I guess, man. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, listeners, you heard that right. That's orca folk and seal folk. There's quite a few homebrew races in this um, aquatic-based world, so we'll meet some of those as we go. And also, uh, with his noble background, he wears a lot of purple, a very noble color. Um, yeah, he's usually got, like, his old admiral's hat on, his old captain's hat, still kind of clinging on to that a little bit. You know, it's a little, it's a part of his identity. That's what he did for a long time. But now he's very happy being a tea critic. He likes to travel places. He gets um, shipped out, I guess you could say. He gets paid to go to places sometimes too, because they uh, want him to speak highly of their tea. Because it will, you know, his word is very good. He's an established tea critic. And so a good rating from him could mean more business for you as well. That's amazing. I love it. We're not adventuring, guys. We've got the cook. <laughs> We've got the tea guy. We've got the sommelier, the rum sommelier the rum, guy. The rum, rum guy, sommelier. yeah. yeah. You know, it would be interesting if Clacker was also really into gossip, because then he would have the tea and the tea. Yes. <laughs> there you go. Uh, let's see, who's left? I think uh, Cody. Uh, let's see here. Young Jack Rackman was found on the streets by a group of pirates known as the Yorkies. They took me in as a cabin boy, and that began me life on the high seas. During me time with me new family, I uh, learned of the ways of piracy, or opportunism as I like to call it, and eventually set forth to find me own fame and fortune. Uh, 
Through sleight of hand and a bit of trickery, I acquired my own ship, and with a small crew, we set out for bigger and better. Uh, hmm. I can't say exactly how or why, but let's just say I no longer have a ship. And <laughs> let's just say I, uh, no longer have a crew. <laughs> uh, it's a bit of a personal story. Maybe I'll tell you about it one day. It's how I got me scars. For you see, Jack Rackman is covered in scars on the right side of his body. It looks like he was struck by lightning. Um, he is about six foot tall, has long, scraggly, reddish, brownish hair. And it's um, kind of receding big time, but he wears a hat over it. Uh, he's a little bit of a hardy guy, a little bit of a belly on him. He dresses in nice-ish clothes. Nothing too fancy, but, you know, not rags or anything. Uh, also likes to drink. I don't know if I'm quite as talented a sommelier of rum as uh, Hudson Swift, but we'll, well see. Well, as long as it's good rum. <laughs> What's your class? Oh. What are well, you? Or is that a secret? It's not really a secret. I'm a sorcerer and a cleric. Ooh. Two classes that get their subclasses at first level. Nicely done. Oh, yeah. You got to do that way. Yeah. Uh, gosh, it's hard to say how that plays out mechanically, but mm-hmm. um, I am a sorcerer. Okay. Sweet. <laughs> All right. Well, thanks, everyone. So we've uh, met the uh, the PCs a little bit. The crew. Yeah. Each of you also start with a magic item that... Will uh, It was custom made between me and each of you, and it will gradually gain power throughout the campaign, unless you die or it is stolen from you or any other manner of terrible things. So I'm going to go in a different order this time, and let's just talk a little bit about our magic items. Uh, each of you can choose if you want to discuss it mechanically or just thematically, or if you uh, like how much of it you want to share with the rest of the party. That's um, up sure. to you. So let's uh, let's start with Pippin this time. All right. Well, my magic item, surprise, surprise, the fisher, the guy who likes catching fish, his weapon is a fishing pole, <laughs> which is going to act like uh, a glaive. because I'm going to beat the shit out of people with it. <laughs> Not sure if we worked out like if, if it's actually just going to be bludgeoning damage instead of slashing. Yeah, I imagined it was both a fishing pole and a harpoon. You can change yeah. that if you want to, but that's like no, that, the that, image that's I had. Pretty, yeah, that, that that works. I just didn't know, like we we didn't actually say if it yeah what the damage is. So it's like I, I've left that back and forth. It so it's a fishing pole that acts as a pole arm. Also, I can use it as a harpoon that I can magically recall back, like recall it with the bonus action if it's within ninety feet if I threw it. So which is pretty dope. And I get the cantrip thorn whip I can use with a fishing pole that extends its range. Instead of 30 feet, it's a 90 foot thorn whip. So I just like whip out the line and whoosh, start smacking some fools. I'm actually really forward to playing with <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I, I had fun designing it. I think it'll be cool seeing it in action. Oh, yeah. Um, Alex, uh, can you share Clacker's magic item? Absolutely. Clacker's magic item is the Necklace of Erohavian Prominence. It was bestowed upon him because of his prominent status with the Erohavian. 
Uh, it is a like a leather cord that has some crustacean shells on it, and it gives him a couple of buffs uh, to uh, his modifiers and other stuff like that. It also has a few spell charges as well, um, so he can use shield, absorb elements, and minor heal. Uh, but it only has two charges currently, so I've got to use them pretty wisely. But it's you know it looks good. It looks really good on him. It goes well with his outfit. There's some purples in there too to match his purples. And yeah, he's he looks great with it. Yeah, and minor heal is not a spell. That's just a mechanic of the necklace. So that's like a separate thing. Oh, okay, got it. But I mean, it still it still takes a charge to use it, but it's um, self-contained rather than referencing an external spell. Got it. Yeah, uh, Cody. All right. So Jack Rackman has a magic scar that you can see it looks like he was struck by lightning in the side of the head and uh it travels all the way down his right side of his body when he starts casting spells it starts glowing blue um and lightning you know crackles out of it he's a master of lightning and such mechanically it does a couple of things it um whenever i take lightning damage i can reduce it by my proficiency bonus and if I already have resistance, I get to, you know, apply the resistance after reducing the damage. And then um, I have advantage on any saving throw to avoid exhaustion due to extreme cold or swimming long distances. And I can imbue lightning into one of my attacks. So when I make an attack roll or force one or more creatures to roll a saving throw, I can change the damage to lightning and deal 1d8 additional lightning damage. But it's only uh, once per long rest, but that's still pretty badass. Perfect. Uh, Grant, what does Zachariah have? Yeah, so uh, Zachariah carries a lantern. Um, with him, it is made from bones from some type of creature most people would not be able to identify quickly, and it the bones are just completely bleached white, um, and inside of the lantern is this like green flame. Um, while I'm using the lantern, I have a few cool abilities. I'm able to see into the ethereal plane, um, some stuff. Uh, again, I don't want to give too much away about my character. What? What did I say? Hmm? Did I make another joke about butthole stuff or something? <laughs> no, no. I just said you didn't want to give it away. I just thought that was funny. Another one. yeah so i guess you would see zachariah if he were to be in a fight or something uh it seems like he has um despite all of his uh, as i mentioned before he has kind of a strange moral and ethical code but he's very respectful of people he has to kill if it comes to if it comes to that if it comes to blows Uh, and you would see him use the lantern um over uh, the bodies and put a lot of effort into respecting like the burial and you know whatever religious rites that that person um, would have desired to be followed and he uses this that lantern in some type of ritual that he does to help lay these different souls to rest and such um, and the mechanics of that are that I am able to um, know I'm able to like figure out what if, if what religion if any they followed and then i get some like temporary hp um a lot of temporary hp actually every time i do that sweet uh last up we have uh, jonathan 
All right, so Hudson Swift has a spyglass. Um, you know, it's very long, but he's not compensating for anything, but it's just a really good spyglass. Um, and so he is able to look through it and see things, you know, as one might expect. Um, he can see up to four miles away, which uh, seems like very far. But That's really far. Maybe he is I, I mean, for okay, something. On a, <laughs> on, on on a day ocean. where there are not large waves in, in the open ocean, the horizon is 16 miles away. Really? Yes. Yeah. That yeah. sounds like some flat earth shit, man. <laughs> Holy shit. Wait, that's a good question. Are we playing in a flat earth or is it? Yeah. We're, we're not playing in a flat earth. Um, ah, okay. I only it... showed the, the maps that I sent you is only roughly half of the world because the other half is not relevant to this game. Okay, got it. Yeah. So we're going to go there. Sounds good. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so um, while I'm using the spyglass, I can add proficiency bonus to I mean, my initiative check. And I can use a bonus action to learn any type of creature I can see within 30 feet of me. Um, and I can also detect magic. And I have those two spells. I have two charges a day, and I regain 1d2 charges every dawn. So basically, I just have two charges a day, and I do my best with those to uh, yeah, detect some things, investigate, yeah. Sweet. It's a totally normal length spyglass, though. Yeah. Yeah. Nothing weird yeah. about it. Of course. Of course. <laughs> right. Um, I, I don't think that you included this, Jonathan. I actually gave you three uh, first level spells for those charges. Uh. So uh, originally it was just detect magic and identify, but I threw in detect poison and disease as well. Oh, perfect. All right. Yeah. And, well, if you see me looking into like a bottle of rum, like with a spyglass <laughs> from very close distance, that will be, yeah question mechanically does it does it detect the like if he's looking through the spyglass and cast the detect poison stuff like that will he see poison or disease on another ship or is it still just like just no it's around it? still still the normal range of any of those spells um <laughs> he like, can see magic functions... four miles away <laughs> i know but <laughs> it's like badass. it was it was a magic item yeah i'll and it is I a love, spyglass so it's i like... love that for like an eventual upgrade i think that's a great like evolution of of this item as the spyglass gets longer and longer. <laughs> <laughs> Every time he lies about it. Right. Every time he lies, the spyglass gets longer. No, you guys, it's wow. a totally normal spyglass, I swear. <laughs> They're all like this. Right. It grows a little longer. <laughs> it grows as it gets bigger, but every time he lies, it gets smaller and smaller. <laughs> the, question in every, the question in every new D&D group is, how long will it take? Until we start making dick jokes. And the answer is usually session zero. <laughs> yep. yep. We made yeah, it longer than I would have thought. Get it? Okay. Did nice. not mean that. <laughs> okay, so uh, those are the party members. Uh, I want to quickly be sure that we did the uh, kind of homebrew mechanics appropriately. Um, so uh, I gave everyone one bonus skill of your choice. I recommended that if you're not proficient in uh, water vehicles, you use this bonus proficiency to become proficient in water vehicles. Uh, if you choose not to, that is fine. It just recognize there will be times that your character is not as helpful as you would like for it to be. Um, so did everyone get that bonus proficiency? Yes, sir. I had the sailor background, so. Yeah, yeah. So you could use it for something else. Yeah. What'd you use it for? Uh, athletics so I could swim better. <laughs> Fair enough. That's actually yeah. not a bad idea. Yeah, I thought Certainly. that way. Might... Come in handy when a 
assumingly that we go all overboard in like 20 minutes yeah i thought that would come in handy (laughs) uh yeah okay and then uh languages this one was a little bit tricky i uh do recognize that so let's see um you each know a minimum of three languages the the two that you would normally get racially and then a third one just because we're using a homebrew language system and so there are more languages so ideally everyone here knows trade speak which is kind of like the common tongue of this world um or of this region additionally um you learn uh uh let's see how do i say this simply so you learn two languages based on your race and usually that would say like common and elvish you could change that to say i know like trade speak and Arohavian because i'm from the north i'm sorry i'm saying this in a confusing way you learn extra languages based on your intelligence modifier um everyone gets a minimum of one more language if you have an intelligence of 14 or higher then you'll learn additional languages based on that so grant got a lot of languages uh did you figure that out since we talked i did yeah i have uh i updated all my languages and i speak all of them I speak all of them. <laughs> <laughs> well, I also have the acolyte background. Right. Mm. Which gives me two more. Yeah, so you know seven languages. Is that right? I know seven languages. And I think it fits into my character. I think the cat. I'm not a cat. I'm not tabaxi. <laughs> I haven't actually said what race I am, which is why I'm covered in masks and everything. But the idea that there's something people could like talk about and I wouldn't know what they were talking about, I feel like would drive Zachariah nuts. Cool. So it's very RP appropriate. Yeah. Yeah. So does that make sense with everyone else? And did you see the uh, like campaign specific language list? Mm-hmm. Yep. Cool. I got a couple nonverbal nods as well. So yes. that should be good. Great. Okay. So yeah, communication could potentially pose a challenge across this campaign. That's kind of one of the themes I'm going for because it's an island based. I mean, you know, there are continents and large land masses, but because there are so many different cultures, um, you know, it's great that you took the Comprehend Languages spell, Grant, but in case you are not present or are out of spell slots, there will be times where communication is tricky. So that that is... Okay. Regardless, <laughs> regardless, it's by design. <laughs> and Comprehend Languages does not let you speak back, right? That's tongues? Right. Yeah. So there'll, yeah, there'll I can, be... Yeah, I can understand. I right. can't. Okay, cool. So the other homebrew rule that we need to be sure we got squared away is Sanity. Mm, I forgot about sanity. Yeah, that's all right. Oh, hang on. Before sanity, also downtime. Um, I have kind of a homebrew way that I do downtime because I don't like it as written in 5th edition. Alex has seen this before in our home game, but basically like for every hour, roughly, that your character spends not doing things in narration, I will give you a downtime point. And so if you're on like, uh, this, this may be similar to how you do it in the homebrew, but if you're on like a long voyage and there's several days of nothing going on, I'll give everyone a lot of downtime points, and you can spend them to learn new um, languages, to get new skill proficiencies. You can mm. save them. You can save up a lot of them to even get like feats and things like that. So shut up. Yeah, yeah. So I you love can it. Get all kinds of cool stuff with it, guys. Let's not work too much. Yeah, let's <laughs> spend a lot <laughs> let's of just downtime. Sail around. <laughs> people didn't work for me, so that's fine. There you go. I mean, once we start our uh, tea, rum, fish restaurant. <laughs> it's the yeah, main food Yeah, just groups. chill in the back and get some feats. Mm-hmm. 
Okay, cool. So Sanity, uh, I'm just going to read over the homebrew stuff that I've written up for it, and we will figure out everyone's sanity accordingly. So um, there is, you know, it's an ocean-based campaign, and uh, I would be remiss not to include uh, Lovecraftian elements. So there will be mind-breaking, skull-melting horror in this game. To uh, represent this, we're going to add sanity points, which um, are harder to gain back than hit points. And uh, you don't die if you're reduced to zero sanity, but you do become a... uh, how would I say this? Um, you become an insane NPC, incapable of like normal everyday function until you regain some sanity points, and then you can become a PC again. So yeah, being reduced to zero sanity is a big deal, but you're not dead. Um, so let me see. You uh, um, you get a set number of sanity points per level, as noted below, and these are similar to um, hit dice in value, but kind of inverse based on your class, like. The wizard has the d12, essentially, and the barbarian has the d6 because of the general, like, mental stability, or stability is not the right word, the mental resilience of the various uh, classes, and, like, those that train in mental discipline will do better. So at first level and all subsequent levels, um, you can add your choice of intelligence, wisdom, or charisma to your total sanity points. So... Let's go through uh, player by player and figure out what your what your maximum sanity is, and everyone will be starting at maximum sanity. So, uh, going down the list, uh, someone's an artificer, right? Yes. Cool. So, uh, I'm guessing you'll want intelligence to be your sanity modifier? Yes. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, what is your intelligence modifier? Three. Okay. So, at first level, you would have 13 sanity points. At second level, you would get nine more. So your maximum would be 22. Going down, we've got our Orcafolk Barbarian. Um, Alex, would you like to use Intelligence, Wisdom, or Charisma for your sanity? Charisma, which brings me to a total of six sanity points. I have <laughs> no Charisma modifier, and I have six base sanity points. So I have oh, 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 six. but you're, you're second level, so, mm-hmm. oh, so, so you're I at have- 10. 10. We could see you, yeah. Psych. I've got 10 sanity points, y'all. Dang. Okay, I feel a little better. I thought I was going to one-shot you in, the, in our <laughs> next session. I was you worried for one, a minute. You see one slightly frightening thing and go completely <laughs> insane. <laughs> ah! <laughs> I mean, oh. 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 <laughs> oh. I said somebody was going to die. Uh, okay. Seal. Let's see, so we don't have a bard, we have a cleric, sorcerer, multi-class. Um, so, uh, Cody, would you like to use intelligence, wisdom, or charisma for your um, modifier? Yeah, I'll go with charisma. Okay, so I'll give you the sorcerer level one thing. So what's your uh, modifier? Four. Oh, nice. Okay, so you're starting at 16 for level one. And then for level two, since you took a level of cleric... We'd add a six plus four, so ten more. So you'd start at twenty six sanity. Yeesh. You're doing good. Insane yeah, person. Very stable. Yeah. Sane as fuck. Yeah. <laughs> I was about to say that exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Insane as fuck, boys. <laughs> uh, Hudson Swift, you're a fighter. Yes. And fighter through I, and through. Yes, I am going to use my charisma bonus. I've got uh, a modifier of one, so I think that puts me at thirteen. Right. Oh, or, uh, four, yeah, four. Wait, how do I do math? 15. Fourteen. Fifteen. Fifteen. I'll take yeah. it. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna fight that. Fifteen. Got it. So you've got eight at first level plus your modifier, putting you at nine. 
and then at your uh-huh. second level, you get five plus your modifier, which is six more. Oh, okay. So plus nine plus six. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, okay, gotcha. All right. Hudson's uh, charisma is just a numerical representation of the current length of his spyglass. <laughs> <laughs> As my charisma grows, so does my spyglass. <laughs> I like that's it. The, that's the twist, is there mm-hmm. is no Hudson. It's just a sentient spyglass. <laughs> <laughs> I wish I had thought of that before I wrote that whole backstory. <laughs> it's like a, um, one of my favorite backstories I saw is like a wizard that got permanently polymorphed into a crow. And so it mind controlled a human to be mm-hmm. the familiar and pose as the wizard so that the, the familiar crow is the real wizard and is like controlling the human. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. One fireball and that story ends real quick. But... <laughs> Good Other point, than that, point. I love it. <laughs> yeah, okay, better for a novel then, because the writer can kind of avoid the fireball in the <laughs> situation. It's called plot armor. <laughs> yeah, something that does not exist here. Dang it. Uh, lastly, you're a uh, level two wizard, right, uh, Grant? Yes, correct. So intelligence mod? Mm-hmm. Plus four. Okay, so 12 plus four is 16, and seven plus four is 11. 16 plus 11 is 27. Damn, even more sane than me. Saner than you are. More than twice, almost three times as sane as the barbarian. (laughs) I'm just some non-sane noble barbarian. You know what? I think it came. I think my sanity went went away from chucking all those seal folk. (laughs) (laughs) I've just seen some shit. I've seen some shit, and I've looked for it. I think we should. I think this whole time we should replace shit with ship. Ship. I've seen some ship. (laughs) I've seen some ships. The best part about being a wizard is my AC is my equivalent to my HP. <laughs> well, that's hopefully yeah. they're both very high, right? Yeah, no. that's that's what I meant. Four, Fourteen, <laughs> yeah. Uh, better than a commoner. Oh, you're letting us see each other's hit points. Oh yeah, I don't care. That's that's a kind DM. I mean, like, yeah, it's it's part of my game theory thing. I think it's fine. I mean, people meta it anyways. Right, right. Yeah, it, it doesn't matter. It's it's too much energy expent for me to metagame hound you all when I could just let you know how many hit dice you need to spend. It's fine. Yeah, if you want to be in character, then say Zachariah is pretty wounded. He's feeling about a 3 out of 14, you know? Yeah, mm-hmm. I, don't, I don't care. Yeah, I got it. Uh, okay, so... Sanity, when you reach uh, three quarters, half, or one-fourth of your total sanity value, uh, bad stuff will happen. Uh, so every quartile, generally, I will assign some sort of strain, seed of fear. Uh, both of those are mechanics from Van Richten's Guide to Ravenloft. Or short, long, or indefinite madness from the Dungeon Master's Guide, or kind of inspired from the Dungeon Master's Guide. Additionally, when you're at half sanity or lower than half sanity, your strain cannot be reduced below two. Strain is a number that you subtract from every d20 roll you make. Okay. Um, yes, that's kind of how that works. Any any questions to clear up any of that, or do you, do you think we're good with it? I think once I see it a couple times, I'll be fine. Okay. That's that's what I'm thinking of. It's like, you'll, it once I sense. see it actually being mm-hmm. used is what makes yeah. sense more. Okay. So we can get into this more once it's actually used, but the one kind of confusing thing about sanity is how you regain it. So the reason it's complicated is because um, you have a hit dice for your hit points mm-hmm. and you have sanity dice for your sanity points and they're different sizes, but you don't have a, like at level two, you only have two dice total. You don't have two hit dice and two sanity dice. 
So when you use one of your health dice, you can use it as either a hit die or a sanity die. Mm -hmm. But once you've used, at level 2, once you've used both of them, they're gone until you get them back from long rests. Got it. Okay, cool. And again, it'll... Yeah, I mean, after we do it a couple times, it'll click, but just like... Or I'll just complain when it happens to me and go, I didn't understand, you didn't explain it, and then you can't do this to me. Right. (laughs) But long rests completely reset sanity? Long, um, no. They, long rests completely reset, (laughs) uh, hit points. They do not reset sanity points. Long rests give you back half of your health dice. Got it. So, Mm -hmm. after every long rest, you'll get back one health die at this level. At third and fourth level, you'll get back two. At fifth and sixth, you'll get back three, etc. All right, uh, I think that's all of the book works. So the last thing for session zero is figuring out how you all know each other. So I do not think that all five of you know each other at the onset. I think that that'll be it'll be fun to have you organically meet in session one. At the same time, it'll help uh, party cohesion kind of narratively if if each of you know at least one other person in the group um, or have interacted with them at some point. So I'll start with uh, Hudson this time. Um, mm-hmm. Out of the other four, who do you think you would have encountered before? And kind of what do you think that relationship was like? Ooh, that's a good question. Um, I think that maybe uh, I would have encountered... Uh, I'm sorry, what was your character's name, Cody? Jack Rackman. Jack Rackman. I think I would have encountered Jack Rackman. Um, Hudson has been a bit of a pirate throughout uh, the last few years. And so he's kind of been like, you know, captain of his own ship, mutiny. He's no longer the captain. He's, a you know, uh, like lowly deckhand and back and forth. So I feel like he's gone through a variety of different ports and he's probably run into you at like a, you know, tavern sometime or sailed on the same crew or different crews, but I think probably run into you into a tavern, uh, played a game of devil's dice. You beat him. He's still not very happy about that. I think that's what I would go with. Love it. Um, Grant, do you want Zachariah to have met anyone uh, or is Zachariah a lone wolf up until session one? Uh, If you're letting me pick, I would say I'm currently a lone wolf. Okay. That's fine. If you're letting me pick, I don't mind doing something though. No, that's totally fine. Um, I feel like that makes sense for your character. So Hudson and Jack have had uh, run-ins before, and uh, money has been exchanged generally in Jack's favor before. Yeah. Let's see. Uh, Moriarty, do you think you've met any of the other three, uh, excluding Zachariah for now? Yeah, I think I would know uh, probably Alex, which is the Orca Clacker. I was thinking the same. I've never been tied down to a single ship. Like he, he, Moriarty switches crews all the time, just depending on where, what fish is in season. So I feel like he's probably run across uh, Clacker either while sailing on his ship or Clacker as a tea connoisseur, you know, on a ship, just served him tea. And I like to imagine like uh, Moriarty at one point played a prank on him, turning his uh, favorite teacup into a slightly magical item and make it always smell like it's coffee like when he left <laughs> so here's this tea connoisseur that's always smelling coffee when he's drinking his tea and it's right yeah i love the idea that you were a chef on um on clacker's ship at one point i think that's a really good way for y'all to have met uh what do you think clacker do you have anything to add to that no that sounds good to me i was also thinking that maybe um a couple of the other Member party members had heard of me before from my 
um, writings in Tea and Honey Quarterly. <laughs> it's yes, I love that. That's canon. I <laughs> I am hard pressed to imagine either Hudson or Jack picking up that particular um, magazine. <laughs> but um, I, I like to think of it more as like a, a note in a bottle. <laughs> I'm sure. Uh, okay, so I will say I have absolutely read a few editions of Tea and Honey Quarterly. Mm-hmm. Perfect. So there's a there's an indirect connection there. Yeah. I think Hudson wouldn't have read it, but like his family members or friends would have read it and been like, have you heard of this guy, Clacker? Clacker Paul. Is he right about... Ro- no, man, that wasn't even a good... That wasn't even a good voice <laughs> of my own character. <laughs> some, um... There's a... Some people smoke fish in tea leaves, too. Just saying. You guys can Ooh. elaborate a little bit. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Cool. All right, so I like it. Um, Clacker's reputation has reached uh, many of the crew, if not everyone. Um, Moriarty has been a chef for Clacker before, and I love the um, coffee cup prank. It's fantastic for an artificer against a noble. <laughs> yeah, Hudson and Jack kind of run in the same crowd, so they've uh, bumped elbows a few times. And yeah, Zachariah has read some of Clacker's readings. This is fantastic, guys. That's some good, uh, good stuff to start with. It's amazing. <laughs> All right. This has been The Kaleidosphere, To Whom the Sea Belongs. Thank you for joining us on this epic voyage. Uh, If you enjoyed this, then please like, subscribe, uh, share, or subscribe, um, or do both. Subscribe. Uh, Leave a hopefully five-star review. Uh, Any method of spreading awareness is uh, very helpful to us, and we really appreciate that. Uh, To Whom the Sea Belongs is uh, dedicated to Brandon, whom we hold in loving memory. To Whom the Sea Belongs is a campaign set in the Kaleidosphere. That's kale, like the vegetable. Ido, I-D-O, sphere. Join us next week as the party comes together for the very first time.